Welcome to episode 19 of Digging Holes with yours truly, Dusty Tunnel. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, crazy how many uh, listeners we've gained over the last two episodes. Um, don't know what happened. I think maybe just the guests have been awesome and have a fan base and have been listening. And, you know, hopefully they, uh, they like me too now. Maybe... Uh, Maybe they are fans of me now. I don't know. But uh, thank you guys for listening. It's uh, it's growing. It's fun. I'm loving it. Um, I hope you had a great 4th of July. Uh, mine was cool. I just worked my day job till about 5 o'clock. Got home, and then my mother was in town, and she came over, had some barbecue. And then July 5th, we went to the San Diego Safari Park. And that was my first time going there. It was cool. Uh, actually, highly recommend it. Um, it costs a lot of money uh, to get in, which um, is sort of a bummer. But then it's also nice because you're in a situation where you get to be in a place where there are no poor people because they cannot afford it. And that's a joke. Um, not a very good one. But... uh sort of meant it anyway and uh, I had a great time I did the caravan safari which was uh, cool they take you out on the back of a truck and you go and you see rhinos and giraffes different types of deer and uh, lots of different things and we got to feed the giraffes and we got to feed the rhinos and then one of the uh, patrons on our our uh, tour, one of the other guys, uh, I think he looked like he was maybe a little bit younger than me, uh, drank a 32-ounce beer. Uh, he he chugged it before getting on the ride. Um, and it's a two-hour no-bathroom-break uh, ride, and they warn you about that beforehand, but he chugged his 32-ounce beer, and then he ended up urinating off the back of the truck while another ride was going behind us full of uh, families and children and stuff watching him pee off the back of the truck. So he got kicked out. It was really awkward for about 10 or 15 minutes, but then we went and fed giraffes and nobody cared anymore. So that's what happened there. Uh, highly recommend the safari park. Uh, highly recommend not drinking 32 ounces of beer before going on a two-hour uh, caravan safari, though. That's a, I had a story to tell. That's cool. I feel like I don't really nor normally have stories to tell, but um, yeah, maybe I'm getting better at life, you know? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm learning how, how people think and converse with each other and remember things that happened to them. Um, and, and maybe I'm learning how to talk about these things. Maybe this podcast is doing me some good. This is a really good one. This is actually with uh, comedian Katie Orchard, who is very funny. You should definitely check her out. Um, social media on Facebook, I think you just look up Katie Orchard and you'll find her. Um, Katie O Comedy. Yeah, Katie O Comedy on Instagram. Um, and then on her Instagram, there's uh, links to her website and YouTube channel. Website is katieorchard.com. Uh, YouTube channel is, 
um go to her instagram and find it because uh it's youtube.com slash user slash that that's kdo and that's a lot of things to type i'd rather just click on a link to be honest um but worth it uh go check her out very very funny um she seems like she's getting on shows more and more lately i keep seeing her name on flyers and um and uh she's she's definitely got a style of comedy that i can appreciate sort of dark makes fun of uh herself a lot and the mistakes she's made um and i feel like that's uh sort of similar to to what i do too so i can relate to it um i find myself laughing laughing often when she is on stage and um yeah just just give it her a shot go uh go check it out lurker on social media like her things follow her go to her shows Go to local comedy shows anyway and local artistic things because that's what makes a good uh, member of the community. You support your local people, you help them grow into awesome things, and then they represent you later on. You can say, oh, I was a part of that person when they were in my, uh, a part of the community while that person was uh, in the same community. And, uh, and so now I get to kind of share the experiences that they're having uh, in their success. So... That's how it works, dude. Um, as far as what I've got going on, uh, I just did another uh, San Diego League comedy contest this last weekend, and I placed um, again. But honestly, I don't really even know if I was first, second, third, or fourth uh, because I had to leave my job on my lunch break, do my set, and come back. And um, I got a message saying that I placed but I I don't even know what place I got. But I'm glad that um I'm glad that uh I got voted for and that it went well and that I placed. Uh so that's four for four um that I've done so far. I've done four of the comedy league shows, placed in all four. Um and I feel proud of that. I think that's a cool accomplishment. Uh, I've got a show coming up in Fresno, so if you're listening and you're in uh my hometown area of Visalia or Fresno uh, come check me out on July 20th in Fresno at Full Circle Brewery. Um, I believe showtime is 9 p.m., but uh, you can double-check that on my website, DustyTunnel.com. Um, and that is going to be... Uh, I'm going to do a set with Freak Show of uh, Freak Show LA on social media, and that's with Cyrus and Tuesday, uh, two hilariously funny comics. And... Um, Freak Show is crazy, dude. You see some crazy stuff. Um, I hope I'm half as funny as uh, some of the acts are crazy. Uh, Last time there was a guy letting you staple money to his body and swinging heavy weighted hooks from his face and things. and It's just a crazy variety show. So come check it out. Um, But yeah, that's it for me. so let's get on to the good part of the podcast, uh, the interview with Katie Orchard. Uh, so without further ado, KDO Comedy. start recording but you watched me push the button so now you know we're recording <laughs> we're recording i know isn't that crazy 
Okay. Yeah. What I uh, so what I try and do usually is uh, like what we were just doing, like while we were talking, subtly, and then I just sort of like hit it, and then the problem with that though is sometimes you say things like you say names and things that you don't mean to say, and uh, then I have to edit that out later, but or sometimes I do it too, not just you. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll try my hardest to to make you edit a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I do very little editing on this. Uh, if like, if afterwards you were like, Hey, um, I don't want so-and-so to hear me say that, um, uh, like I raped his cat or whatever you did to it, then I'll consider it and maybe edit it out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't just so you know how this works. (laughs) We're off to a great start. Uh, Katie Orchard. That's me. Yeah. From New York. Just found that out. Yeah. I know. I don't seem like a New Yorker. Uh no, cause just because you're not like loud, that's how. Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't have the accent either. I think that you have um, the personality like a like uh, what is the right? Like you're pretty sarcastic. You seem like you could be Thank mean you. a little bit. I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're just not loud. That's the only thing you're lacking. And I don't yeah. know if every New Yorker is supposed to be loud. Um. Generally, you're born loud, mm-hmm. and you're born talking shit. Okay. You know, yeah. It's just like part of the lexicon. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what um lexicon means. It's so. just like part of like the cultural language. Okay. Is I mean, Google. What is the definition of lexicon? Oh my god, Pat. we can't just <laughs> yeah, we can't just use words <laughs> and not know the definition of them. And also, if we could just keep uh, keep this podcast to two syllables or less, uh, that would be a, a lot easier on me and my brain. So. Okay, you just can't say syllables then. Oh yeah, <laughs> wow, that's a, that was a New York thing to say. Thank I think. you. Yeah. <laughs> when did you move to San Diego? Um, eight years, almost eight years ago. Uh, a couple days ago was like the eight year anniversary of me coming out here for the first time to visit. Oh, and I happy was like, anniversary. Thank yeah. you. I was like, oh, this place is real? Yes, yeah. please. Yeah, it's it's probably a lot better, right, than New York? Well, and uh, I don't know, I guess. Okay, so I grew up on Long Island, and then I went to, I grew up, my summers were spent upstate New York, and then I went to college in western New York, which is like in the mountains near Buffalo. We get tons oh, of snow. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty outdoorsy and snowy. And Do you uh, like that stuff? I did it until I visited San Diego. <laughs> and now you don't like it anymore? Well, I just felt dumb for not even considering someplace nice to go to school. Uh, On the other side, I have put my time into being around snow, and I feel like I this is cashing the check for all the snow time I've already had. Oh, uh, yeah, you I know? can see that. You know, I used to really love the snow, and I still I feel like I still really like it. Like, I like to snowboard and stuff. Yeah, but, snowboarding's um, super fun. Yeah, so I'm just kind of stuck in that, like, if it's like – like the temperature is not 70 to like 74 i'm either too hot or too cold now i'm just acclimated i know when i go home i i have to keep telling myself because i always go home for christmas and i just have to keep telling myself like don't show them you're cold don't show them you're cold don't show them you're cold and <laughs> i just sit there like clenching everything being like don't shiver they'll know <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really funny because uh where i'm from it's uh it's really hot in the summer too so uh when i was a teenager i um uh like i n- so it would it w- 
we had a summer where it was like 120 almost like con- like pretty consistently what and like old people died and stuff is this like dry heat or humid heat uh no it's pretty dry but it's still awful because it's yeah. like but it you know normally it's like it'll get like 110 to 115 is the hottest it gets we just had one summer that was like really hot That's but crazy. it's it's really hot there and uh when I was a teenager, I, like, never used my air conditioning in my car. I just, like, take my shirt off, roll the window down, and just sweat and not care. Like, just. That sounds like a very California thing. Yeah. Um, and now, like, we just were talking about, if it's, like, 76, I just, like, roll the windows up and turn the <laughs> air conditioning on. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> I go home like I just went uh to visit oh for uh Father's Day I went um to visit my dad and it was like the first day I got there was like a hundred and one. I was just like fuck this. So are, are you inland? Awful. Are you by the water? No, no, we're we're inland. Like it's like two like a two and a half, three hour drive to get to the beach from there. And that's Pismo Beach, which is um, Oh, I've driven through there. Pismo Beach? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the uh, the trailer park beach. Yeah. Also, I know that name from Clueless. They were doing the disaster relief for Pismo Beach. Oh. That was Cher's Cher- whole like charity thing. That's funny. Yeah. I've seen that movie a lot of times. I did, I've never picked up on that. I'm only assuming it's that one. I didn't look into it too hard. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I went up. Uh, I saw the eclipse two years ago, year and a half ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I drove up to Oregon, and then on the way back down, I did the coast. So I, mm. I drove through Pismo Beach. That's a really long drive mm-hmm. down the coast from Portland. Yeah, it was super fun. I took like It's a, a long drive work. when you take the sh- freeways, like the regular freeways, but going down the coast. Yeah, dude, leaving the eclipse, like it happened at 10.15 in the morning, and it's only a couple minutes long. And then the second, you can only look at it directly without any protective eye I wear um, for when it's in its totality, when the moon fully goes over the sun. Uh, once it breaks, then you got to put something on. And the second that thing broke, everyone hit their cars and hit the road. And it was supposed to take us <laughs> eight hours to get to our first stop. And it took 30. <laughs> <laughs> did you stop? I mean, like, did you like sleep or did you? I, I assume you stopped to um, like at least pee and stuff. Yes, yeah. but it was very difficult because everybody was leaving the same way, so you were basically in a parking lot for 30 hours. Oh. Um, and then somebody in Oregon was like, you know what would be a good weekend for uh, road work at night? <laughs> 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 the time that there's going to be an eclipse. Dude, that's kind of... So what I hate about San Diego construction is the weather is nice enough to where they're like, oh, let's start it at regular hours, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always construction like noon, and like they're just working on the roads. The thing I loved about um, or that I guess that I, I was used to about where I'm from is it would get so hot that they would only do construct. They'd start like at like 2 a.m. and go to like 6 a.m. or something like it was just like sh- like before the sun would come up. Yeah, because it would be too hot once the sun was up. And that was so great for traffic. <laughs> Southern California, they're like, nah, it's nice. We'll just do it whenever we, we want. Yeah, they'll just yeah. go around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Somebody needs to figure it out. Please. Yeah, global warming will probably fix that. Yeah, because, like, who's going to be around for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually, uh, that's one thing I think about. It's like, ah, it's 
you know, like, do we really need to worry about it? Because it's just going to fix itself eventually, right? Yeah, it it's just like we're the variable. Yeah, you know? but we're kind of awful anyway. Somebody at work today came up to me and they were like, you know, I I saw this thing and it made me cry last night. This was a, one of my best friends. He's a dude and he's like, it made me cry last night. I was watching this new David Attenborough special on Netflix about like the world and climate and like, do you know about the ice caps? They're like melting. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening right now? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> no, he's, he's like, yeah, it's like when you watch planet earth and, and all those other documentaries, like it was, they don't show this shit. And I'm like, that's because it's called current events. Ten or fifteen years ago, so it would have been different. Uh, how and old is this guy? He's my age. He's thirty. Okay, he's a grown man. He so should he know should better. Know. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, I feel man. It when was, was just the first like mind blown. When was the first time you heard ice caps? I feel like uh, I feel like I knew about it when I was like twelve at yeah, least or like something. Yeah, in yeah. some sort of science school or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. ice caps are melting. They've been melting for Common a long phrase. time, though. I feel like they should be melted by now. Yeah, it's like, uh, how, long how dramatic do you need to be? Like, yeah. <laughs> you just melt already. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they're, like, the ice caps are just, like, like a dramatic, like, teenage girl? They're like, oh, my God, I'm melting. But it's like, it, or, like, do you think the ice caps are like me when it's 76 <laughs> degrees outside? <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's melting. Turn on the air conditioner. I think that's probably what happened like early on and now they're actually melting and they're like, Oh, that really wasn't that bad. You know, you know that that kid in, in high school who overacts everything in the, the school plays and oh, they're yeah. like, Okay, it's your dying scene and he dies but it takes five minutes because he's like Ugh, uh, Yeah. That's the ice cast. It's, yeah, it's their moment. <laughs> what dicks. Yeah. They're just trying to hog the spotlight. Dude, fuck you. Yeah. What about the other things, the straws and the turtles? You yeah. Know? Totally. Give them their moment. Moment. I don't know. I don't. I hate paper straws, though. Yeah, they hurt my teeth. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I could sacrifice turtles for. So Starbucks is doing this thing where instead of plastic straws for their cold beverages, they have a new lid. They yeah, have I like designs. I like it for the uh, nitro. Okay, have it's a that? sippy cup. Yeah, they literally is. put us back to sippy yeah. cups. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you guys couldn't handle this shit. <laughs> <laughs> now we gotta take it back to day one that's true somebody that's probably why i like it it's just comforting <laughs> <laughs> somebody brought me one of those like we were doing a group order and i was like are you kidding me and they're like it's what it's a great design i'm like it's a sippy cup like <laughs> <laughs> that's true though i the first time i saw it i was like oh that's weird but then i drank out of it and i was like no i like I this i know i did but like it too yeah it's because it takes you back to yeah. simpler times yeah <laughs> And that's what we need right now. Yeah. <laughs> when you didn't, you didn't need so much vacuum to like get your coffee. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> just poured like, into listen, your mouth. We've done enough sucking. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's give the, uh, the old lips a break there. Yeah. It's uh, really, it, it really shows how far women have come, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or haven't, <laughs> but, um, um, coming joke. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's where this podcast is at right now uh i do uh i do like those though do they put them on all the cold drinks now? i saw it for the first time like last saturday whenever the ob street fair was mm. and um 
Yeah, that was because I know they put it. They put it on the nitro, like the uh, cold brew nitro. Have you had that? No. It's super good. No, I'm I'm a poor person, so I had to stop going to Starbucks and start using office uh, coffee. My uh, <laughs> 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 well, that's unfortunate. Uh, my roommate's uh. It's okay if you put if you pour yourself a mug and then put it in the refrigerator. And then you can have iced coffee later. Oh, okay. You figured it out. Yeah, that's like science. Yeah. <laughs> it is science. That's why yeah. I know about the ice caps melting. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you, t- yeah. if you take the ice cap melting, uh, like melted water, and then brew your coffee with that, then it's iced coffee. So Then we're really helping the yeah. environment. Yeah, <laughs> that's really the only way to save. That is the way yeah. to prevent global sea rise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my roommates work for Starbucks, so I get... Um, the hookup oh what no big deal dude i dated a dude who worked at starbucks and I that w- was a nice time <laughs> i worked at starbucks that was a good perk yeah i worked at starbucks for five years what's up to the guy who knows who he is <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i probably uh when did he work for starbucks he, i probably still does yeah when when did you date him um maybe like five years ago maybe less maybe like between three and five years ago something like that uh I had five years ago. I had just gotten out of the Starbucks game. Okay. No, actually, no. It was seven years ago. I had just gotten out of the Starbucks game. Congratulations! Thanks. It was right before they deal. started paying for college. <laughs> 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 I think they paid for it when I was there, but you had to like it. You had to be like a real employee. Yeah, and you had it had to apply. You had to be able to apply your major to the company, like oh. so that it would benefit the company. Or something. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I did college. I was two classes short of graduating. So you just have the student debt with no piece of paper? Yeah. Not bad, right? Yeah. I mean, I got the student debt and that shit sucks. Yeah. Do you have the piece of paper, though? I don't know. I think my mom might. Like, I (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that is. Yeah. Um, I... I was applying to a job the other day and it said like what motivates you and already I'm like I don't even want to work for this company so that's a stupid question for like an interview question online with the application like not even on the phone I said what motivates you and I just wrote student loans (laughs) 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 how how was that received I don't know I clicked send and then Uh. that (laughs) Oh, so, so we'll it was received <laughs> uh, received electronically. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got the standard like we've received your application. Thank you for applying. We'll get back to you if you match our terms. Yeah. Let me remind my mom to wear that. Oh, uh, that's okay. You can put her on. No. If you want. So what I used to like to do is she would call me when I was in college, and I was always like around people, and I would just put her on speaker and not tell her. So she would just start shit talking somebody as a New Yorker does. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, hey, 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 P.S., um, just want to let you know you're on speaker. And she'd be like, oh, my God, Katie. Like <laughs> wow, it is in there. Yeah, it's, yeah real it's, in there. it's real repressed. Yeah, do you yeah. ever use that accent like, you know, like Joe Coy does the Filipino mom? No, no, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think I'm really good at it. I uh, thought that was good, but I don't you. really know anything, though. No, Long Islanders will know that mm. it's just a bunch of bullshit. Uh, so but you're just worried <laughs> about them. That yeah, group as of people. I sh- first of all, as everybody should be. Oh, okay. Um, no, but also I feel like if I try to do it, it's gonna get stuck, and I won't be oh. able to lose it. That I might be cool though. Mm-hmm. Have you heard them? <laughs> they seem like awful people. 
Listen, this, this podcast doesn't reach Long Island. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you can talk all the shit you want on every Long Islander. They will not hear this podcast. Well, I'll tell you this. When I was growing up, they, uh, this girl I was really close with, she used to like joke around with me. I used to say she made fun of me, but it wasn't really a good joke, so I guess it was okay. Um, <laughs> she'd be like, why don't you have the accent like why don't you speak like us like she was almost like offended yeah and i always used to tell her like do you hear what you say? <laughs> <laughs> like i'm good that's pretty good yeah because you actually sound like you're from california i think i think i grew up with a lot of accents around me that were similar enough where i sort of like neutraled out uh, i think and then i moved out here and my sister says that you know like at least my like the slang I use now is different. It's much more California. Like when I say no worries, she's like, oh my God, I'm such a California girl. Oh, uh, no worries. Yeah. Man, what kind of people say that? That's like a. Google auto suggests it for email sometimes. They'll say really? No, yeah. no worries? Maybe it's because you've or typed maybe, it before. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I've never said it. I say no prob. Not problem? Well, I. That's way too long for the yeah. problem. Uh, well, I don't say, I don't verbally say no prob, but like in an email, I say no prob. I abbreviate mm-hmm. the prob. <laughs> <laughs> in real life, what do I say? Uh, no, it's okay. But when I say that, usually it's not okay. That's the thing. You're such a woman. No, it's okay. It's not. <laughs> I kind of did that, at, uh, with, uh, my coworker today. Cause, um, it was, bu- it was a bullshit situation, but, uh. Yeah, they uh, texted me. Was like, tried to text me an excuse, and then I said, uh, "It's okay. I was just super late to this thing that I'm supposed to be doing." I was real vague about it. Like, yeah. tried to make it like seem like it was like a really big deal. It's, Thank I you. mean, it is big. It is a big deal because I don't want to keep you waiting, and I like I don't like to come in here rushed. You know, yeah. like like I was glad that we could we could sit down, have a beer. Hang out for a minute. Chill out, because if we would have started, I would have been like, "All right, what the fuck? All right, wh- what do you have to say? <laughs> say what say what you want to say on the podcast." Quoting somebody earlier this week, make me laugh. Say something funny. Awful. A coworker? Yeah. No, somebody at a mic. No. Oh way. no, I think it was last week actually. Time Someone is at a mic? time is a flat. A uh, comedian? No. Oh, no. still awful. Yeah, it was just some dude who wouldn't leave me alone. Hard life, I know. i get that all the time Mm -hmm. and i know that yours are dudes but mine are also dudes so yeah oh so no (laughs) (laughs) No, i uh no nobody cares about what i have to say or do yeah i mean i'm but congratulations thank you yeah thanks yeah that Uh, was the first time somebody ever actually did the do say do a joke yeah make me laugh do you uh do you only do freelance stuff no, work? I got a I got a part time job, okay. and then I freelance the rest of it. Do you have so you have coworkers at your part time job? Mm-hmm. They don't do that to you. No, my so I work for two different music companies. I freelance through one of them, and then I have a part time job through another one. Oh, cool! And that so sounds fun. It is. I'm also broke and don't have health insurance, so like you know, it's probably dizzy. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I say that now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's super fun. I'm getting to. It's it's with two companies that I used to work for before I went into corporate, and so now I'm able to come back and I have like this free time and I'm around other creative people and it's really in giving me the opportunity to like work on a bunch of artsy fartsy stuff. 
yeah, I'm I think really being around of. creative people is a big deal. But being around musicians is awesome. Like when I'm there, I work at a rehearsal facility, Rock and Roll San Diego. You guys should go. And um, so during the day, like it's kind of empty because we either have music lessons come in or random people or bands. But peak hours are at night when everyone's off to work to mm. come in and like rehearse with their band. So during the day, if like some of the instructors or coworkers are around and no one's around, I am a hundred percent testing material on them <laughs> and they know it because <laughs> I'm the only non-musician who works there. Yeah. Like I just tell jokes. That's funny. So like we're close, but not really. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's probably good for them too though. Like just creative stuff. I just like being around people that are creative. Like, well, they also like, doesn't matter what they do because I know them so well. I also get to like riff and feel very comfortable, like just throwing something out. And if I can get this one particular guy to laugh, if he laughs, like, he's my best audience member for sure. <laughs> and he'll egg me on, and I'll end up getting, like, the best lines out of it. Like, oh, I've gotten a cool. lot of punchlines out of just, like, working with him when I'm supposed to be working. Oh, uh, that's cool. I, I'm uh, I'm kind of a funny guy at work, but it's, like, always, like, work-related stuff. So it wouldn't work on stage. It doesn't translate, you know? It was really hard at my corporate job to do that Yeah. because I was also getting in trouble for my attitude. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, frequently <laughs> towards the end <laughs> uh i you know like we had to like we couldn't wear open-toed shoes we had to like be mindful of our language and blah, blah, blah. Awful. yeah and so i tried to find ways around to still like tell dirty jokes when i could because like that's <laughs> all we need in life yeah and that's what she said is 100 percent my favorite <laughs> jokes yeah and i i used to manage this team and they were the best people but every chance I could, I'd be like, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> like, even in, like, important meetings with executives, I'd look over and I'd be like, that's what she said. Like, <laughs> just under my breath. <laughs> and then I got them doing it. So I stopped every now and then. Or, like, I would miss one or just let it go. And then I would hear them start perking up and doing it. Yeah. And so I left. Um, I quit. And uh, I, I hope it's a legacy I passed on and they still do it. I think you probably did. I hope so. It's the such a fun workplace joke. Yeah. I think a really good one is when someone says stop and then you say that's what she said. Because <laughs> <laughs> then it's kind of a rape joke. <laughs> no, I, I got that part. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just wanted to explain it to the people that didn't. Right. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. One one of the seven people listening uh, didn't get it. I'm just kidding. There's more than that. That's okay. I'll share that's it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it actually just depends on how popular you are. So the pressure's nah, on but you. I'll, I'll try. You know what? My mom shares my stuff all the time. Oh, good. Yeah, except I set a lot of my personal stuff to private, and she'll share that. I'm like, can you cut that shit out? Like, she doesn't really get internet. Yeah, shout out to Mrs. Orchard. Mm -hmm. okay. Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen Orchard. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. The big Emmy. She'll the definitely listen. <laughs> Me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a perfect <laughs> nickname for her. Yeah. <laughs> me 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 i like it that's cool dude she's so funny i she gives me s she was the first person i ever got material from 100 percent. she's yeah. probably the reason why i do comedy and she'll eat this up that i'm saying this <laughs> and she'll be able to hear it and share it and she'll be like it was a big deal she said it about me so yeah yeah, well, yeah whenever you're famous one day she's gonna like take this clip right here and mm -hmm. just she'll like, know mm. yeah no yeah. it's a like, I, I had really much older siblings than me. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> How many siblings? I have three. I have two brothers and a sister. Okay. 
and uh, they're all 20 years older than me. And so to oh. get any attention, like, not only was I way younger, but they were adults. They were young adults. Mm. They were, you know, freshly out of high school and, like, college age. And, like, then your mom has a kid. Like, who wants to hang out with that little brat? Yeah, I wouldn't want to. But if I had a funny joke about some shit mom did, they'd listen. So I started. Uh, that's pretty good. That's how I. That's how I got some serious attention from them. And my sister eventually, when I was like eight or nine, was like, "If you want to do comedy, get a notebook and write the shit down." And I was like, "No, I have an excellent memory. <laughs> I just thought I'd remember everything." Oh, but you were thinking about it back then. Yeah. Eight or nine. Oh yeah, yeah. I I oh, loved comedy cool. from like day one. I yeah. loved music too, but I'm bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I loved comedy from a really young age too. I just never thought about doing it till an older age, I guess. It might. Uh, let me take it back. It might not have been eight or nine, but it seems like a very early time, like before high school. I'm probably like yeah. It down. That's probably right because I think the um, like uh, I used to rent um, or for like a sh- a short stint there, I was renting Bill Cosby videos from uh blockbuster old-fashioned statement nice and uh i think i was like somewhere between somewhere between 10 and 12 yeah and i was like just obsessed with like how funny stand-up comedy was and then i went and saw him at a fair you saw bill cosby Uh uh-huh yeah i saw him at a fair (laughs) and i'm pretty sure he probably raped someone that night which Mm -hmm. is like weird to think about um yeah it's it's you know those nice complex thoughts of life yeah (laughs) and then as i was getting uh older like i remember seeing uh carlin on hbo and stuff and then um when i was a teenager i used to watch the uh comedy central presents like the 30 minutes oh god those Mm -hmm. are the best yeah that's how you found new people Mm -hmm. yeah so i like i was super into all that but i never thought that i would actually do it though yeah 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 i saw kevin james for my 13th birthday oh that's Um, cool yeah we were a big like man that was yeah like he was really young then i don't think i knew him back you're 13 so that was 17 years ago i do math something like that yeah maybe i'm getting my ages wrong i definitely was living at home maybe i was 14 something like that one of one of my early teen birthdays my my parents got me tickets to go see kevin james went the smallest desk that's cool yeah and that's really cool the so Cosby was the only one I saw live up until like, um, man, oh I went to like a like a comedy show in New York with my mom when we went to visit and that was I was in my twenties, um and that was just like did you get barked from the street mm-hmm. to go to like a Times Square show? Yeah, yeah. Was Judah Freelander was. there? No, man, Judah Freelander. So I have a, I I was using a joke for like. Um, and I had this joke for probably like a year and a half and it was like, cause I have gray hair and, uh, so fact. I started, yeah, <laughs> fact. And, uh, I, I started doing this joke about how like my head is becoming gentrified cause like all this white <laughs> hair is moving in. So his last special, he like That's opened so with that joke, like, what? like almost verbatim, like with the joke I was doing, which is like crazy, right? Like, yeah. You know, like it could be you both thought of it. It could be weird. No, I don't alignment. think. No, he obviously he's a way better comedian than me. There's no way he stole it or anything. Or like it is weird seeing like a mirror come back at you. Yeah, your own it's stuff. just like it. It was uh like uh, on uh, in one sense it was frustrating because like well now now I feel like I can't do this joke anymore. 
But on on the other hand, it was like, dude, Judah Friedlander is doing a joke that like that. Oh, that's I a good was, way to look at you it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, wow, that's kind of cool that like I feel like I can write a joke that could be a professional joke. Yeah, you know? if you could do so, one, you could do more. Yeah, hopefully. So. Uh, yeah, my joke was actually a little bit longer running than his was, but it was pretty, it was really similar premise though. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really funny. The the only time, sometimes when I would have people visit New York, we would go into the city and get Bark Tickets with comedy show. And every time I saw Judah Freelander, like not purposely, it's just like the show we went to see, like he happened to be on it. Oh, okay. Or, or was a pop in or something? Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention like Uh, that sort of stuff about shows. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's weird how much your perspective changes when you start doing it, right? Like a hundred percent. Like when I saw Kevin James, um, I had already seen the Sweat and the Small Stuff special, and that's why I loved it so much because I saw it. It was on Comedy Central. I started memorizing the jokes. Like it was just like a great special. At, you know, I saw it at the time, and I'm sure it still holds up. But when I went to go see the tour, there was some reason a disconnect. Where he was performing, he was still on that mm. tour when that special came out. Uh, so most of the jokes were the same. And so, like, we saw the opener, and I wish I can remember who it was. And he killed the audience. He was so funny. And then, you know, Kevin James went up, and it was the set with some uh, new stuff added in. And it wasn't as funny because I was, I think I was expecting, like, something new. Yeah. Just because I didn't know. But Yeah, it is kind of weird. Um how people expect something new every time they see a comedian, you know, when like you spend an entire year or like the best comedians in the world right now, they spend at least an entire year developing in an hour of yeah, material. And they're doing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that part of it is, is pretty weird. Although there are like, you hear stories about like Carlin, you know, he came out with a new hour every year and he would like well, rarely do the same. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would like rarely do the same like show each night or like set that's each night and so stuff. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, that's uh that's like genius shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's stuff that I, there's like a s- very small amount of people ever that can do stuff like that, I think. You know, I think a lot of new comedians also assume that's the case. When I started, uh-huh. I had this thought that a lot of people have told me s- that have started since I did, which hasn't been long, but my assumption was I'm going to be around the same people every week. I got to bring them new shit or mm-hmm. improved shit. Like, I can't yeah. redo the same stuff. And then yeah. it got to the point where I was like, well, I'm not improving anything unless I practice it. So mm-hmm. I, I have to. And then I started seeing other people doing their stuff all the time. And if it was stagnant, it got boring. But if you were working on it and you can see you're working on it, like that's where you held it. Yeah. Attention. Yeah, I think so. Um, I did the same thing when I first was doing it. I was I kind of I sort of hit the mics like sort of hard, but it was the same thing. I was, I was seeing like I, I would go up in front of some of the same people and I was worried that they would see me doing the same. So I was trying to do new stuff. And I think it really. uh I don't know. I think it almost scarred me. That's probably why I don't really? like to. Well, that's probably why I don't like to do stuff that like I feel like is mediocre. Like I don't know, cause uh, cause I would just do new stuff. It didn't matter if it w- if I thought it was funny so or you not. You didn't get a chance to work it to a point where it was like. Yeah, 
so now I feel like uh, if I'm if I'm gonna try something new on stage, I just really want to know that it, like I want to feel confident that it's funny. Yeah. Like I don't want to be wondering like oh maybe this is funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's how my set was last night. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I'll just try all the new stuff at once, and it was. Yeah. Like, I guess now I don't really care that much though. Like e- even back, uh, cause I like um. I just did a set for this, you know, the San Diego Comedy League thing. Um, oh, yeah. How is that? It's cool. I like it a lot. I really like Benji a lot. Um, I, I think uh, I think what he's doing is, like, pretty cool. But um, the last one I did, though, there was no audience. There was, like, three audience members there or something, like, that weren't comedians. And... Uh, I remember that used to really bother me, like, when you would go do a set and not get laughs. Like, I'd just turn beat red, be really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I felt pretty comfortable about it. Like, I was just like... That's good. Yeah, I was like, ah, this is cool. I'm fine. I mean, people were laughing, but it's just, you know, there's so few people there. It just doesn't, like, doesn't sound like laughter. Yeah. You know, it's just not what you're used to or what you want, but... um. Yeah, it felt really good, and uh, I I remember just hating that. Like I would avoid bars like that. Like I don't know. Um, I think bombing was like probably one of the best thing that best things that's happened to me mm-hmm. for sure. The amount of times I bombed, especially in the beginning, like I would get a laugh here or there, and it like that I ate up for as long as possible. Like that kept me going through like a solid probably month or two in between, like good laughs. And I was like, fuck it. I got <laughs> one. I'll just keep saying that over and over again until I can get, like, another one. Yeah. But. That's a that's a good uh, good way to look at it. Yeah, but yeah. because I bombed so much, I got so comfortable that <laughs> in my failure that it didn't matter if I failed at other stuff. Because I was like, oh, no, I know what this feels like. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, I'm going to be bad at it for sure at the beginning. Yeah. But, like, eventually maybe I'll be good. But, yeah. I think I still think that's a good, like uh building um like an emotional or like mental callus i think is really Mm -hmm. important to like succeeding at things especially like things like comedy you know oh yeah so uh, yeah i think that's a good thing i don't know i uh worst bomb i ever had was in front of a black crowd black audience interesting they hated my stuff and i don't know if it was just white people material or like I I don't know, but it was uh it was this club and um it was actually in Studio City, but it was like a black like, I think they did jazz music or something there like uh, on their off nights Mm -hmm. or on every other night except for this one night of comedy, and I was supposed to do, I think twelve minutes or something like that, and I burned through everything I had in like six. Because there was no laughs, and I was just rushing, like, it was just beat red, like, oh, my God, I need to find a laugh, I need to find a laugh, and I just burned through everything, didn't get a laugh from any of it, and then oh I was my like, God. oh, that was the worst feeling, but I feel like, uh, I feel like now I would just handle it so much differently, you know? Hey, do you mind if I go pee real quick? And yeah, do continue? it. Okay. Yeah, no, we'll, uh, we'll leave that in, too. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, we didn't miss a beat. You got some Avalon tattoo stuff in there. What are those matches, like just in case? Oh, uh, yeah. So the matches, just in mm-hmm. case you drop a deuce. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but so Avalon Tattoo, that's the uh, tattoo parlor in like uh, Kensington area or n- North Park area, right? Am I wrong? Oh, uh, I don't know offhand where it is. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, my uh, roommates got a tattoo there. It was like a oh, what was it for? It was a uh, cancer awareness thing, and they were doing oh. like five dollar tattoos or something. That's pretty cool. And uh, so they got tattoos there, and I think they stole a bunch of matches. I was there too, but out of the tattoos they had to offer for like the prices, I just didn't want any of them. So none of them were worth five dollars to no, support cancer. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it five dollar. I I think I donated. I think I dropped money in like the donation thing. I just didn't get a tattoo. Do you have any tattoos? I have one tattoo. What it's is it of? A pink elephant. Oh, okay. Yeah, gang. I used to be in. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> You have several tattoos. I do. I have. Lo- I love tattoos. And you did the one on your forearm yourself. I did. Yeah. I, was, I overheard that conversation. Okay. I yeah. Again, like I told you, I don't remember who I told anything to. Yeah, I told you I don't remember anything, and then I remembered that. Yeah. So I, I'm I a liar, a, apparently. I had a very irresponsible friend, hmm. and um, he was a tattoo artist, and his girlfriend went to go pick up her mom from the airport, and there was like traffic or a delay or whatever. And so he's like, oh, it's going to be like another half hour. And I was like, that's cool. Do you just want to give me a tattoo? <laughs> you know, I was just trying to score those free tattoos. And he's like, yeah, what do you want? And so I went online and I picked out a design. It's a stained glass flower that was like above an archway or something. Okay. And um, so he he was laying the print of it on my arm. And I was like, yo, can I do it? And he's like, you want to tattoo yourself? And I was like, yeah. And he's mm. like, all right. Like, it took no convincing. <laughs> Absolutely none. It sounds like a good friend, actually. Like a fun friend. At the time, it was. Yeah. Yeah, we did a lot of drugs together. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he let me do that one. And I'm trying to weasel my way into getting another irresponsible friend to let me tattoo with their equipment. Mm-hmm. That's the conversation I overheard heard at uh the comedy palace oh yeah so i do a bunch of different types of art and i do photography Mm. i photograph musicians a lot because of my job but um there's a a new comic in the scene uh, who works at who owns and works at axiom tattoos in pb and uh he's letting me come in and take photographs of him tattooing and what i would like to do is eventually like do some cool paintings of tattoos being done and so he's like, we'll work out a trade. And I was like, let me tattoo someone. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, you know, aim high. That's my ideal offer. So, like, you got to settle. I'll get the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, a bargain. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can weasel my a way bargain. into using a tattoo yeah. gun. Barter. Barter. If bargain. anyone is irresponsible enough to let me use their tattoo gun to tattoo other people, I know at least one person for sure who would get a tattoo from me besides tattoo myself. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you ever try it with like a guitar string prison style? No, I I dated a guy who did that, but actually in prison or jail, the less serious one, whichever one it is. <laughs> the less <laughs> serious one. <laughs> he had a, a couple juvie. of six, yeah. <laughs> No, it was like I, I don't know, he might have just been in timeout on that <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a couple of stick and poke tattoos that he did in jail and then uh I got another friend who actually bought like a stick and poke i believe off of amazon oh is that what it's called stick and poke yeah okay so the the guy who did it in jail he told me he told me how he would use like a toothpaste cap and he would shave down like um like colored pencils like the actual pigment and colored pencils and then mix it with i think shampoo and then he would take like 
forgot what he used for a needle. I think it was like a tack or something. Mm. And I actually like do it himself. Awful. He had a, a basketball on his thigh that he didn't finish because he said it ended up hurting too much. <laughs> so an unfinished basketball. And then he had the number 33 on his shoulder. For what? Oh, wait. I probably shouldn't identify his tattoo. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, and then I got another friend who, who did his own stick and poke. It's actually, my other friend is really good. Oh, okay. I was surprised when he sent me pictures of his books. He did like a dagger. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool. Emo. Yeah, I have, um, I have an uncle that has prison tattoos that are unfinished. Are they good? Or uh, are they just like, that's what that is? I mean, I don't, I feel like, uh, so if you know that it's a prison tattoo, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's pretty good. But if you don't know that it's a prison tattoo, you're mm-hmm. like, hope you didn't pay for that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i think that's kind of how it is you can kind of tell too uh like um i I told you i work in in surgery a lot Mm -hmm. so the guys that come in like i'm i'm kind of able to like figure out the prison tattoos and then those are the ones that i like i'm extra careful with like my wearing my gloves and stuff because like they usually usually have something also, I'm guaranteeing like there's not much sterilize. There's not as much sterilization as a professional shop would have. Oh no, no. So yeah, usually they have like some sort of hep or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I don't. I don't think that's HIPAA for me to say that because I haven't given out any names. But yeah, usually. <laughs> good to know. Good to if, know. Yeah, if somebody's like, "Oh, I got this tattoo in prison," like just. Why didn't you tell me that before I dated this other guy? <laughs> I don't know. Now you have to let, now you have to give yourself shots. Every well, once it in a was while. like I don't know, ten or eleven years ago, so it's oh. probably dormant by now. Whatever oh, it is, yeah. I'm probably good. Yeah, I didn't know back then either. Oh well, you still working at Starbucks back then, dude? Well, maybe. Let's see. I think. Yeah, I, think I was. Like, yeah, I was like right in the middle of it. I think it was like ten or eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was early like college. I was like two years deep into the into the bucks. That's what we call it. Bucks life. Nobody calls it that. Oh uh, man, it's uh, it's kind of funny because um, it's its own um, like subculture. Starbucks working at Starbucks, which I think is the same as like working at a lot of different big companies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a lot of people get like you know mar- end up getting married with like coworkers and stuff but that happened at my corporate job yeah a lot of a lot of partying with the other starbucks people partying not corporate jobs mm. getting with each other corporate jobs uh at work uh no not oh. at work but i knew that there was a lot of a lot of couples that started uh. knowing each other at that job yeah and i was like hard pass <laughs> <laughs> dude good for you man that uh that like work date scene mm-hmm. is awful i think i think it depends on how hot they are you know <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true and it depends on if they have prison tattoos also yeah you don't find that, that out too, until later too. yeah we just discussed that how well, long have you been doing comedy uh just under a year i started that oh that's it the last summer oh yeah cool. well, good well job. i did it a couple years ago and then i stopped for a little bit and then i came back uh yeah i feel yeah. like i always have to to be truthful i have to add that in i did it for like six or eight months a couple years ago. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell when you should start, like, like when your actual start time is. Because I, I started, like, four or five years ago. And then I didn't do it for – well, I did it half-assed for a long time. And then I didn't do it for a little while. And then 
now I'm doing it a lot more than I ever had. So, and I've gotten a lot better. Like it's crazy. So. It's crazy how much better <laughs> you get when you actually like do it. I you know? know. It was yeah. almost like an immediate difference that I could see mm-hmm. when I started going multiple times a week. So I'm like, I'll just see if I can make it this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me. Yeah. There was like one specific moment I remember just uh like um I kind of talked about it on one of the previous podcasts, but um um I think I got like just the right amount of drunk before a show or something and I oh, just and you're like nice and loose and it Yeah, just, just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like I like I knew my material really well, but I just really didn't wasn't nervous at all or anything. And then I got up there and I delivered my jokes like um just the way I talk. Like it wasn't you know, like it was a lot more rehearsed before that. And I just remember like the laughs were so much bigger and better. Yeah, they were they had been. It was like you guys were together on it. Mhm. Yeah, and I think it was just because uh I like I think a lot of it is um when you write your jokes, you write them in your own voice. Mm-hmm. So like you should use your own voice to like tell the joke where like I would like have a joke, but then I would try and like present it or something, you know, like as a yeah. comedian where when I just started you know, like I used to be a lot more inner try try to be a lot more energetic and stuff but that's not who i am like this is how i talk all the time same yeah so when i just went up and told my jokes like the way that i speak and stuff it just hit so much harder so you know what i found because i do i i really really enjoy an inappropriate joke Mm. um and some of my stuff is kind of dark because it's based on some recent events throughout a breakup Mm mm-hmm but when I started laughing at it on stage, like I, I was finally over it enough where I would say the joke and I would realize how how ridiculous what I'm saying is, <laughs> and I laughed at myself and then I, they laughed with me and I was like, what? <laughs> well, shit. All right. So now I'm just trying to like, genuinely have fun on stage. Yeah. Because it that has also made a difference. It makes it easier to say inappropriate things mm-hmm. if a small woman, who's like not half bad looking. Is uh, <laughs> is like laughing along with it. Same with dark stuff. I can yeah. do more. Uh, I can do darker material if I offset it with like. Yeah, like I like a to throw a smirk out there. Yeah, like, a, like little half smile. Like, yeah. yeah, like hey, uh, my ex girlfriend when we got this abortion, half smile. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, it does kind of loosen loosen them up because I think sometimes when you do dark things, uh, dark jokes, it can it's hard sometimes to because n- you don't want them to feel sorry for you. Yeah, and I think that's what I was getting before. It wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't giving the right thing for the audience to re- react off. Yeah. Somebody pointed that out to me. They're like, yeah. "Hey, cut that shit out. You're being too dark." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think if you can let them know that like you're over it and it's funny to you, then yeah. it's o- like it just makes it okay to laugh at. But yeah. Yeah, if you just say something that's really sad and there's like, yeah, yeah, you got to give them a reason to like, right. to know it's okay to laugh at it. I went through a breakup in February, and right after that happened, it was like, you can tell I was going through some shit, but I couldn't see it yet. And I came off stage one day, and I was, first of all, so nervous on stage all the time because I was doing all the shit. And somebody came up, and they're like, "You're not giving them anywhere to go." Mm. like you need to 
you can't be so dark that they just get sad. Yeah. And I was like, it, it for some reason, it just wasn't something that I had even considered. Yeah. So that's like another thing, right? So, you, uh, when you're when you don't do comedy, then like there's so many things that you don't understand that happen like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of it is like the tech technical stuff of comedy, like and a lot of that you don't really learn until you start doing it too. So like, like, like it may seem like you're just uh the comic is up there just like, and sometimes they they are just kind of like going willy nilly. Just there's no direction and they're just being funny. Yeah. But like where they take you is usually planned though. And right. there's like a technical aspect of it. Like they're taking you there on purpose. And it, even though you don't understand it or realize it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think I'm definitely like at the beginning of that, mm-hmm. that yeah. skill set to know how to utilize. Like I was telling you earlier, I have this joke and it's like three quarters of the way done. Like I know it's got a funny premise. It has an okay punchline at the moment. And it's just missing one more thing to make it like a full joke mm-hmm. because I can tell sometimes people are with me. They can see where it could go. And then I just have yeah. nowhere to go with it. Yeah. You just got to figure out like that one thing to kind of corral everybody, get them all in. Yeah. There with you. Yeah. So yeah, d- for sure. I I kind of have a joke like that, too, that um I've always uh, like. uh So I had a, a sister that died when I was a teenager. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's your fault. So you should be. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> but uh like i've always wanted to do a joke about it and i finally feel like i have a pretty good premise and then i tried it out at the comedy palace the other night and um i like i i could see like there was like well there wasn't a lot of people there to begin with but there was a couple of people that i could see like all right they're kind of getting it but yeah. for the most part it was the oh i feel sorry for you thing but i um yeah, like I totally like understand that trying to figure out how do you just get them to be like with you knowing that like sure it's sad but like I'm trying to tell you it's okay to laugh at it. Like yeah. I don't how know. how long have you been working on something that has that sort of depth to it? Uh that joke I've wanted to do since the I started doing comedy. Okay. Um I had a a punchline that was just like awful in every sense of the word like it wasn't a good punchline and also it was just an like really mean thing to say yeah. but i thought it was funny <laughs> um and then it's like sl- slowly over time i like actually the political climate i'll even i'll just tell you what the premise is so like the political climate is um there's a lot of just really sensitive like people out right now right sure. so i kind of want to do a joke she uh so my sister died um trying to get her pilot's license and she crashed an airplane so i want to do a joke about a guy who says oh that's what happens when women try and be pilots <laughs> and i want it w- i want my response to be something along the lines of dude you're gonna tell me in 2019 that just because somebody is a woman they can't transition to a man and become a mediocre pilot <laughs> And I feel yeah, like that's I think a, I was there for it last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just like it just didn't I don't know. I like I didn't have everyone it just felt sad after I said it. It didn't feel like it was funny. There's I yeah, I think there's for sure something there. Yeah. But I feel like that's like I don't know cuz I've been like wanting to do that joke for a while now and I feel like it's like, oh, okay. There's the premise. I just got to figure out how to make it a actual joke, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um 
I I've been I just know that there's material. My ex husband passed away, uh, about almost two years ago, and um, I have since been like, there's so much material in what happened. I did crack a joke when I went up to say something about him, and I was really stoked about that. And the next week, uh, was it? Oh no, I guess it was a year and a week. Um, yeah, so he he passed away, and I w- when I cracked a joke on the mic to this funeral, for some reason I was like, I should really start doing comedy again. <laughs> <laughs> so was that your moment that you decided to do it? No, I had done uh, it before, and I had quit uh, for a little bit. Just oh, that's for right. Life. That's, you yeah, had yeah. said that, yeah. yeah. And um, I, it was so much had happened also because, like, they're a super conservative family. This was right as the kneeling thing happened with the NFL. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it, w- it was just crazy because I'm, I'm a Democrat. I'm a liberal. I'm not woke. Uh-huh. I, don't, I, got, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. But yeah, just like that whole dichotomy where I was like definitely the lone wolf, the like the lone sheep in a group of wolves, uh-huh. and just like everything that happened, and I don't know, cracking a joke at a funeral definitely, <laughs> yeah, definitely is like you should get back into this. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's cool. When uh, what was the thing that made you decide that you were gonna go try stand up comedy the first time? Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. It was the week Trump got it unrelated to Trump, but my first joke was a Trump joke, and it was right after it was sometime in August, right after he announced his candidacy in 2015, coming down the escalator and doing all that shit. And I, I just been wanting to do it, and I was probably just unhappy, and I was just mm-hmm. searching for something that I've always wanted to do to sort of fill that gap, and I went to go see a show and it ended up in the gold room oh uh, cool and i was like the only audience member so <laughs> i got called out a few times and so i saw some people bomb and i was like i could do that and so i came back the next week and Wait. i rewrote a scene from batman a dark knight where trump is a dark orange knight <laughs> and he's not i thought he was going to be a manchurian candidate because i was into conspiracy theories for a minute <laughs> dude yeah okay and uh, i'm right there with you don't worry about it uh, Clinton was Commissioner Clinton instead of Commissioner Gordon, and uh, Obama was Two Face, obviously half black, half white, uh-huh. and so it was the scene. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and so it was. This, I just went up there with the script, and I just scribbled out their names and rewrote their names. I just read it on stage, and I just knew it was going to be stupid, and I just had to go up, and that's <laughs> what I did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have this. Uh, I kind of have a theory that like. M- the majority of people that get into stand-up comedy when they try it i think there's a lot of people that try it just because they like want to be funny or whatever but it was the same scenario for me it was like i was just like super sad like in a really bad place and it was like um i'm just gonna try this now like yeah. and uh and it went really well um the first time i think if it would have gone poorly i would have never done it again mm-hmm. so i was really lucky that it went really well I've seen a couple people come in, come and go because their first set doesn't do well. Yeah, you know, and they don't uh-huh. stick it out. Yeah, I yeah, and um, and I've also heard, uh, just from other podcasts and things like, a lot of the people that do well in the beginning, 
or they end up dropping out like later on because like they're they, like they're like high school peak early yeah so they're just like they're good at it so they don't put any effort like good at it early so they don't put any effort into getting better right where like the people that suck like put a lot of effort into it and then they get better and better and better so they like but so that's probably gonna be me i had <laughs> my very first set was good and i've never gotten better so how long how many years have you been doing it um, I don't remember the first year that I actually tried it. I think it was like, I was living in LA, but I did my first open mic down here though. It's probably like 2014 or something. Okay. Maybe. That seems right. And I did it and then I sort of like didn't do it very much and then went like a six month period where i did it a lot and then it was just up and down from there so i've been this whole like past year i've been pretty consistent about it and i think i'm getting better but i just can't i don't get booked because i'm i antisocial. i think i don't know i'm just like shy honestly the way i started getting booked was i just started doing trades with people that's cool like the first big one was the mural i did at the the comedy palace in the gold room mm. and uh it was just the only thing i could think of i was like i have nothing to lose by asking so yeah. i was just like dude how do it and that's the other thing is i had started asking other comedians because i started seeing people who started around the same time with me get booked on shows and i didn't know how that was supposed to work and so they were like you just got to start asking yeah so now i'm trying to barter literally whatever i can to that's get time awesome on shows I think that that's the right attitude. I'm like, I've just been like, oh, well, if they think I'm funny enough, they'll book me. And I know that's not how it works. I think there's too many comedians. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's uh, doing 15 things that like they don't have time to scout. Right. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. Um, They need their decisions to be easy. Yeah. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I'm just such a little bitch when it comes to like (laughs) meeting people. Because I think you introduced yourself to me, right? Yeah. The first time I I met. Yeah, uh, probably in the back in the gold room. Mm-hmm. Of the palace, yeah, that's where it was. Yeah, where everything always starts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just uh, like uh, there's always people. I'm like, <laughs> it's like well, it's like this. Like I I like hesitate to like, hey, yeah, I think you're all right. Like, well, I have seen you at ACC a, uh more frequently than anywhere else. I saw you. And yeah, I, I, go, you I try and go there a lot. Yeah, and because you use your name and your joke, it makes it easy to know who you are. Oh, uh, okay. You know yeah, what I, mean? I can see that. Yeah. Like, there's a still a bunch of comics that I'll I'll see every single week, multiple places, and I'll go to talk, like, say something about them, and I'll be like, "Oh, what's that dude's name? Um, the the white dude with glasses." And it's just like I have no other vocabulary to describe them. Yeah. But I think using your name, which is a great name, by the way. Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, I uh, picked it. <laughs> I didn't pick it. <laughs> yeah. So you you were the only one who laughed at one of my jokes at some point. Oh, I I uh I am pretty liberal with my laughs. Yeah, thank you. Are you getting like a vibrating thing in your headphones? Is that why you did that? No, I thought I thought something turned off. Oh, okay. I got like a little. Is it still on? Yeah, yeah, it's it's on. I got like a buzz in my headphones earlier, and it was really weird because it was like literally like almost vibrating. Oh. I don't know if it was. Maybe it's like my space. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, you you laughed at one of my jokes, and we're the only person. And I was like, "What's up?" The porn star gets my. Oh, and when I say I'm liberal with my laughs, I don't mean that, like, I laugh at everything. I'm just, like, um, when something makes me laugh, it's, like, uh, I laugh loud. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, so I'm just trying to meet whoever I think is funny. That yeah, I think agrees that's with me. man. That's kind of like a. I feel like that's how I want the scene to be. Is like, is like that. Like when you think someone's funny, then you all kind of like collaborate or get together and like, hey, let's do shows together and stuff. And that's probably actually how it is. I'm just out of the like circle of people that are doing that you know what i mean or like i just need to be friendlier and put myself out there maybe so when i last year when i started like what i heard very frequently was apparently there was like this big group of comedians who sort of like built the scene up and Mm -hmm. then all migrated to la at the same time or around the same time so the scene kind of cleared out the top rungs of who was here and it left this sort of vacant space for other people to either prove themselves or figure something out or work something out or create something new. And I think over the past year, at least I'm getting more and more observant to it. It seems like that is happening or that has happened. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people are have ideas to do stuff. Yeah, I think that's – yeah, that's the thing is just like, um, like creating – like you're – so you can't really complain if you're not creating something, right? I agree. So that's kind of why um, I'm trying to do the podcast more, like, trying to go a little bit harder with it and, like, tr- promote it more and do it more and stuff. It's just, well, this is something that I feel like I do, I like, I'm not horrible at. Maybe, no, I think maybe you've I could got be, a great radio voice. Yeah, there you go. you got an even better radio face. I'm just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My radio face is on point. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that because I really Thank worked you. on it before you got <laughs> here um, as it turns more red. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I figure like, hey, if I if I can do this well and like build it up, then at least I have something to offer the comedy scene, you know? Like, yeah. And then. What do you want to do with it? Because you're only like 15, 20 episodes in, right? Yeah, less than 20. Like, I think this is maybe number 18 or 19 or something. Legal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this this episode can fuck. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know what I want to do with it. I d- like if it um, I don't maybe I should have a plan. I just want to do it more, and then maybe it grows into something, and maybe I get better at it, or maybe um, it becomes a thing where like people come on and like just through conversation and riffing, like we're writing jokes, doing it. You know, just that'd be fun. Yeah, I don't really know. I the just it's fun to do. The Ken Club is doing something like that right now on oh stage. Really? Yeah, they're getting two people up at a time on Monday nights. I think it starts at like 10. Mm. Um, so they get two people up at a time. They have a hat full of topics, and you pick and you riff for like 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm more comfortable in this setting, and yeah. I did the King Club last night for the first time, and that is a muscle that I have that's weak. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, I feel very like strange to go out. There's like four people that were mm. non-comedians. Oh, uh, okay. So... Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't and if anything um it's just it's a it's a way to get to know people too in the scene, right? Yeah. Like, hey, you want to keep it to comedians? Um you I haven't. I I have several um podcasts that are like photographers and stuff oh, like cool. that. Yeah. Um like uh a guy that runs a security firm, like just like his historically it's just been people that are cr- like not necessarily like creative and like the art sense but they're like doing something they're like right. making a business like running a business um so that's kind of what i started it out 
to be is just to like have conversations with people that are doing things to like inspire me and then also just kind of get like tips and stuff but um yeah i don't know i don't really have a plan for it it's just kind of fun to do and i think that uh when i listen back to all the episodes i don't think they're terrible so yeah i listened to tv's episode yeah i think it's fun in preparation doing my homework you know yeah 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 (laughs) um like maybe i could have more formatting or like segments or things like that uh you know i've been thinking about stuff like that but I think it's just well, what fun. does the audience want to see? Why don't you guys submit your comments? Where can they where can they get a hold of you? Uh, DustyTunnel.com. dot com. Yes, tell contact us, link. Tell us what you want to uh, tell tell Dusty. I'm only here occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually, um, I think we're right around an hour, Perfect. and I don't want to keep the um. You're I'm I suck, but what, yeah. your your next podcast? Did yeah. you guys know Dusty does another another podcast? podcast yeah, drop the mic. Yeah. But before we sign off, Katie Orchard, where can people find you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram primarily for everything. You can find me at Katie O Comedy. If you want to follow my art, it's like super cool. Uh, Katie O Media. It is cool. I've uh, stocked it. Thank you. Bit. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then I got a website, KatieOMedia.com. Been on it. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. I work there's with a lot I think of there's a link through one of your social medias. Yeah. Probably Katie O yeah. Media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Lots of tribute band work. If you guys would like to see how cool tribute bands are across the country. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, any shows coming up? Yeah, I got a um, a show at the Comedy Palace on Ju- July 12th and I think the 13th and then also the 19th. Wow. All at the Palace. Busy. Trying. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, yeah. barter my way, weasel my way into whatever <laughs> I can. <laughs> you're doing it right well you're very funny katie is very funny check her out and uh thank you so much for doing this oh thanks for inviting me invite me back tell them to invite me back yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh we'll only invite you back upon uh demand from the audience demand it yeah That's it. That's uh, episode 19 of Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel um, with an interview with Katie Orchard. Very funny comedian, uh, photographer, artist. Um, She kind of just does all things creative and is good at all of it. So go check her out. Um, Katie O Comedy on Instagram. Katie Orchard is her name. Uh, KatieOrchard.com, I believe, is her website. Yes. uh follow her on social media if you see she's on a comedy show go check her out because you'll love it and uh you'll become a fan um thank you guys so much for listening this has been a lot of fun um the podcast seems to continue to grow um along with uh myself i feel like um i'm growing and getting better at communicating and i hope that the show continues to improve continues to grow and uh maybe we can all grow together if you'd like to be on the podcast or you have any ideas uh, for segments um, topics that you think could be discussed and would be interesting um, or if you have questions you want to just send me some love or some hate whatever you want to do find me on social media uh, dusty k tunnel on twitter and instagram dusty tunnel with tunnel spelled with two l's on uh, facebook and uh, dustytunnel.com, tunnel spelled with two L's, and I'll just keep repeating myself. 
Um, DustyTunnel.com, you can go to uh, the contact link at the upper right corner of the page and uh, shoot me a message there, too. Um, I can't thank you guys enough. Um, please continue to listen. Oh, well, only if you're enjoying it. Continue to listen. And uh, share this with your friends if you think it's good and, and entertaining. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.